fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a post-Monday celebration, greatest day of the entire week, although it's been a whirlwind today, man. Holy cow. I feel like I've been smacked across the face today, but it's it's a busy one. I mean, <laughs> that's okay. That's a good day. Get it out of the way, man, right? We got the rest of the week to look forward to, and it is by far the greatest day of the entire week. It's time for you and I to carpe diem all over this place the way we do each and every day. Welcome into it. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations and TV live streaming, podcasting, However you watch or listen to the program, welcome aboard your Millennial General reporting for duty like we do every single day. So what we do here. Coming up on the show, Larry uh, Behrens. He's been on the show many times before. He'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. He is the Communications Director for Power the Future. Also, the author of his own book. We'll talk about gas prices, energy prices. Not sure if you saw in the markets today, but energy prices, gas and oil, barrels of oil went below $80 a barrel. Not sure how that's possible with the ongoing conflict in the Middle East and the ongoing tensions that we could see of a potential World War III. Is that what we're going to see now? World War III. We'll talk about that with him at the bottom of this hour, along with alternative energies and so much more. Also, we're going into Election Day. Happy Election Day to you. If you have not voted, the hell's wrong with you? Get out and vote after work today. Before the polls close at 7 o'clock, your local time, fill in the blank local time, wherever that may be, around the country. It is extremely important, and I want to give you an example of why it's extremely important. I want to go down to Dallas, Texas. There is the latest story shows Dallas, Texas has seen shoplifting increase by 73% across the city. Now, remember, this is the same city where we have the mayor that has recently transitioned from a Democrat to a Republican because recognizing the ongoing crime rates in the city of Dallas, they are now wanting to associate more with Republicans because they want to work with law enforcement. And he's openly admitted that Democrats are abusing law enforcement. They don't appreciate law enforcement. They're not working with law enforcement. And it's time to allow Republicans to actually try and I don't know, punish bad people doing bad things in the community. But when shoplifting is up 73%, is that a sign of the holidays upon us? Because now, if that's the case, we're just going to go out and get whatever we want to. Hey, kids, whatever you want for Christmas, we're going to go crazy this year. (laughs) I think that's that's the motto for California right now, right? Hey, kids, what do you want? Oh, you want a brand new TV? Sure, we, we can afford that. We'll just go and grab one. Why the heck not? We're victimized in society. We deserve these things. We'll just go ahead and go and take it, and law enforcement won't do anything about it. That is why the elections at a local level are extremely important. When you go and vote, even though it is a quote-unquote off-season election, and I say that in my air quotes for my radio listeners, because no election is an off-season. This is probably the most important, and we say that every year. We say that every election cycle. I totally get it, but it is an extremely important election. Because this is not the president that we get to continue to bicker about or complain about on the home front. This is your city council member that could be living next door to you. This is the school board member that's deciding the curriculum for your children. This is the dog catcher, if you have one in your area. This is what affects you at a local 
level. And this is an extreme. Uh, there's some other races that we'll get to here in just a minute nationwide that are some to look out for and keep an eye on. But at the local level, this is where the difference is made. And I've said this for years now is that I think we really had this great awakening during the COVID-19 pandemic on how important these elections are because we realized how important local politics really do control us when they're the ones that told us to stay home, when they're the ones that told us we had to wear masks to be able to walk outside of our front door, when they're the ones that said that you as the mom and pop business trying to survive with maybe one employee, maybe two employees, maybe 10 employees that said that you're non-essential, you have to stay home, and maybe we'll give you some money if the unemployment uh, program actually works in your area, then maybe we'll take care of you. If not, shut your doors. Too bad, so sad. You're all going to die if you get this COVID-19 pandemic. They're also the ones that told us that our children would not be able to go back to school unless we get the COVID-19 vaccine. They said that you would not be able to go back to work unless you get the COVID-19 vaccine. These are our locally elected officials that have made all of these mandates. And I think a lot of people realized, wow, they have way more power in my local community than what I recognized or realized before. Maybe I should start paying attention. These are the school boards that said that you as the parent are a quote-unquote domestic terrorist if you try to get involved in your local school district. Now, that's not every district, obviously, but... There was the national news of many districts that started to act that way, even if they didn't openly say it. They're the ones that are saying that how dare you try to ban books in the school, but yet at the same time we want your children to be reading about extremely explicit content, and it's okay for the boy to go into the girls' locker room and participate in the girls' sports within the school because we're being totally woke and totally progressive in our new 21st century ideology. That's what's been done at our schools because we forgot to pay attention to the local school board. That's why these elections are extremely important. Uh, I am optimistic. I'm just going to use this in, as an example. Obviously, I'm based out of Wichita, Kansas here with our KQAM flagship radio station that I broadcast out of every day. And uh, we, uh, for the primaries in August, we saw some major turnout. And I say major for an off-season primary. It was decent. It was like 20 to 25% voter turnout. Obviously not enough. I'd like to see 100% voter turnout, but a 20 to 25% voter turnout for an August primary on an off-season election is relatively good. I'm hoping that voter turnout today will be pretty decent. I saw the news locally here today that as of yesterday, for the final day of early voting, we were at 9% voter turnout. So that's a little concerning. Hopefully we see an increase today, obviously, and see that other 20% show up today. But I hope that we turn out. I hope that we see these elections and I hope that we see a voter turnout all over the nation, because if it is that small of a margin, then literally every single vote counts because there will be such a small margin that it could sway by one vote or the other in which direction that you decide to go to. I voted early this morning before I came into the studios, and now I live in a small community, a very small community, and I was the only person in there. My wife went in a couple hours later, and she said that it is well. She was the only person in there and that not very many people had showed up to actually vote. That is a little concerning, but hopefully we see the mad rush after work throughout the country today. That being said, let's get into our What's Trending and talk about some of the other big races going on across the nation, shall we? What's trending today? Because there are some really important races going on nationwide that are a little bit bigger, if you want to put them that way, on the grander scale at a statewide level across many of these states. And the theme of the elections going on today, again, revolve around none other than the abortion issue. Ah, I know, I know. 
The abortion issue is the number one priority, at least in many of these states right now. Ohio having a big election for a constitutional amendment protecting the right to abortion in the state as voters decide on whether the state constitution will protect that access to abortion services. According to the Associated Press, the measure would establish the right to, quote, make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions on matters including abortion, contraceptive, and fertility treatment. It does, however, put in a ban once a doctor has established that the fetus could survive outside of the womb unless a physician determines that continuing with the pregnancy would endanger the patient's life or health. So the constitutional protection that the state of Ohio is working on is really, according to what polls say around the nation, is that uh, is what the majority popular idea is. Now, I, I say that in the air quotes again, too, because I don't necessarily think that that's where the majority of Americans are. But according to the mainstream media polls, that's where they say the, the majority of Americans are, is that they're open to abortion access until the third trimester or whatever it is, uh, because they say that once the baby is able to survive outside of the womb, all of a sudden the magical fairy dust is sprinkled on there and now it's a living thing. Before that, it is not a living thing and therefore has no rights in any way, shape, or form. It couldn't be considered a living organism at all. So I'm not sure where that line's drawn, but apparently according to the mainstream, and I say that again in air quotes here, the mainstream popular opinion is that it's not a living thing until we decide it's a living thing which is in the third trimester, and I find that quite strange. We can, <laughs> whatever. I mean, if that's the way people want to view it, I, I see that is completely hypocritical and oxymoronic. But nonetheless, that's one of the way some actually view this issue. That is a constitutional amendment that is on the Ohio ballot, not in, not in Kansas, anywhere else, but that's the Ohio ballot constitutional issue going on today that many are paying attention to. Moving to the state of Kentucky today, there's a major governor's race going on as the Democrat Governor Bashir, interesting name, who's a Democrat in a very red state of Kentucky that's gone twice to Donald Trump and is leaning further and further to the right, is looking to save his race with the Republican challenger going into this race. According to the polls, they are tied at a 47% for both the Republican and the Democrat, with 2% saying that they are voting for other candidates or open as of yesterday or early November, whenever it was, maybe the end of last week, uh, when that poll officially closed. Now, if you remember, this is the same governor, the Democrat governor, said that he's trying to reach out to Republicans and saying that the environmental movement, alternative energies, and the progressive agenda wasn't the best idea and mindset for Republicans across the state of Kentucky. And while that's laughable, I am curious how much it's going to work because we have to remind ourselves that in that same state of Kentucky is the state that continues to vote for Mitch McConnell, who's in the federal side with the U.S. Senate. And if that's the type of Republican that's in the state of Kentucky, while it did go to Donald Trump two times and while it is leaning further to the right, I am concerned on whether that type of Republican mentality would be the ones that actually have an effect with the Democrat governor. That's in that state. So that one will be interesting to follow tonight. And you can see that we'll cover that throughout the next uh, program the next couple of days. Hold on one second here. I try not to cough on the air, so I apologize for that one. Uh, Moving forward outside of Ohio and Virginia, moving over to Virginia, also a major race in the state of Virginia as well, as they have right now a Republican House of Representatives 
and a Democrat state a Democrat state Senate. And there are enough seats out in the open now to where the General Assembly of their state legislature will be up for grabs on either side of the aisle. Now, the reason this one's important that we should probably focus a little bit of time on is because Virginia right now is at the precipice of what direction that the general election may go. Obviously, right next to Washington, D.C., with Washington, D.C. in that general vicinity as well, that I think that the Virginia elections will have some type of influence going into the 2023 presidential or 24 presidential elections. All these races, by the way, will be a prime example of what we could see in 2024 in the mindset of voters right now. But Virginia has been the hotbed of topical issues, including education, including Second Amendment issues, and some major uh, major current events, if you want to put it that way, that Virginia has been on the precipice of deciding many of those Education being one of them, if you remember, during the governor's race just a year or so ago, they are the ones saying that uh, the parents should not have a say in public education. We saw one of the largest uh, pro-gun advocacy groups turn out at the Capitol in Virginia, advocating for Second Amendment issues of all races, of all individuals, trying to fight for their Second Amendment rights because they were trying to lock down the Second Amendment in the state of Virginia. So Virginia is a very wide range of views and opinions and could really set the tone for how uh, voters could be voting, not across the country for this election, but also what could be seen for the 2024 elections moving forward. Some big races tonight, not only for your local community, but for the direction of the country moving forward and the direction of states on issues, on candidacies, and on the sides of the political parties going to be interesting. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Hold on here. No food or drink in studio, right? I always enjoy that from Mark Walters, host of Armed American Radio. No food or drink in studio. The change in weather seems to be having a fun time. Back from 70 degrees to 40 degrees. It just doesn't know what it wants to do. And it uh, wreaks havoc on some of the allergies. Anyways, back to the program. Welcome into it. So election day today. Get out and vote. Get out and vote. Get out and vote. I'm curious on what direction that we're going to see for mayor's races, school board races. This is really a voter turnout on... We already know where we stand. It's just who actually actively is geared up to go out and vote right now. I think we'll set a tone going into the 2024 season because, as you know, the presidential races, congressional races, governor's races that are coming up in 2024 uh, are already started. But it's really going to ramp up to an entirely new level by January for the 2024 season. So this is really a a, a little tease, a little breadcrumb of what we're going to see in the next year and are the polls accurate will they be in line with some of the polls right now that we see on a national level because the latest polls that we see shows that donald trump is up in all of the five major swing states across the nation in a head-to-head comparison with joe biden we're also seeing a near 22 percent poll for the third party independent candidate of robert f kennedy jr which really kind of throws a wrench in the entire system where Trump and Biden overall nationwide are generally in sync with each other with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. taking a large portion of that as well. We have the ongoing battle in New York and in Florida and in Virginia 
with the lawsuits that the Trump team has and that they're battling right now that is continuously growing the support for Donald Trump. So I asked the question for the local races, if Republicans are fired up about Donald Trump, does that reflect into a voter turnout for the offseason election going on today? Because talking to local school board candidates, talking to local city council candidates that have been door knocking, that have been campaigning for the last couple months, when they knock on doors, obviously that's a talking point is, are you Republican? And, oh, what about this Trump thing? Oh, what about this fill-in-the-blank topical issue at the federal level? Oh, what about Joe Biden or whatever flavor it may be right now that that is a focal point that many voters have? And while that doesn't necessarily affect what's going on at your local school board, although if Donald Trump gets into office, his Agenda 47 says that he wants to repeal and dismantle the Department of Education, which is just awesome. Uh, I only know of two candidates that have come out with that platform, which is Donald Trump and Vivek Ramaswamy. And both of them said that they would love to dismantle the IRS and dismantle the Department of Education. Is it possible for them to do so? It would be challenging. I don't necessarily believe that it would really happen, but it's possible, I guess. But if that's the focal point, then as someone who is concerned about the public education system, wouldn't you want to run for school board or at least vote for a solidly Republican candidate that's going into the school board to preserve and protect from some of the wokeness that's going on? Because you would think that would be a priority for you or your city council to make sure that they're not accepting massive amounts of federal government grants or money so that way we become less and less dependent on federal aid at a city level or at a county level or even at a statewide level. These are important issues. And then, of course, we have some of these major races to follow. By the way, there are a few other ones. There's a governor's race in Mississippi. There's the Pennsylvania court issue. There's a House district that's open in Rhode Island, along with many mayor's races across. Uh, Apparently, there's 17 candidates vying for the Houston race in the city of Houston, Texas. 17 different candidates running for that one. So uh, your mayor's races, huge, bigly. Here in Wichita, there's a really big race. Now, I don't live within city limits, so I can't vote for our mayor's race in the city of Wichita, but I am actively campaigning and helping out for one candidate, and my local shows know exactly who that is because we need to see our current Democrat mayor get out of there because he is an absolute nut man, and I can't wait to see the tide shift because when we control the local ones... No matter how much money George Soros throws into federal elections, he's starting to recognize that they have more impact at a local level. And if we show a red wave across for local elections across the nation, what is that going to do to the mindset of the progressive and the George Sorosites that are trying to change this, this nation? Is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Rocking and rolling here for a Tuesday, trying to carry on that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time, all the time on an election day as well. Get out and vote, get out and vote, get out and vote. We need to make this one a huge voter turnout across the nation. And I think we're going to make it bigly. Yeah, I'm telling you, if we could actually turn and see this red wave on a local front, then you got to realize we have more of an impact, again, at the local levels. I mean, the federal level, that's great. We vote for president. We vote for our congressional districts. Not saying that's not important. But when you vote for that city council and vote for that school board and vote for that local attorney general or district attorney or 
uh, county commissioner or whatever may be on the ballot for you this time. When we see those, then the federal government can complain and do all they want to, but yet there's very limited power what they have when we're saying, yeah, no, we're just going to go ahead and go our own direction here. The Soros funding that's been all across the nation for progressives, they've started to recognize that they have a better return on investment by sinking less money into a local race and changing things at that local foundational level than trying to throw money at a major race that's on a national scale. We have to recognize that as well. This election is the little the, the little drop, the little breadcrumb, the little tease of the mindset of what voters are looking like going into a 2024 major election. So let's not disappoint and let's not let the blue wave happen because that would be really bad, especially with how bad things are already. With that, let's shift gears just a little bit and... What's trending today? Let's talk about something a little bit different. Obviously, there's some major news coming out of the Middle East, which we continue to focus on with Israel and Hamas and all the other countries around that area that are looking to completely disassemble Israel. And where does that and how does that affect us here on the home front? Uh, For the first time in a while, we saw oil prices dip below $80 a barrel today, which was kind of strange, I thought, with all this news going on. So uh, you may see gas prices dip down just a little bit in your local area. Go fill up your gas tank, I guess. But why is that and is it going to last for a while? Really happy to have this guy back on the program. We love having him on the show. He's been on multiple times. He is the author of the book, Sabotage, How Joe Biden Surrendered American Energy Independent. He's also the communications director for Power the Future as well. It's Larry Barron's on the line with us here. Larry, how are you, my friend? Oh, so good, Andy. And amen to voting today. I I, I can go into a whole thing, but make no mistake about it. You're absolutely right. The eco-left, they get into these local races and they ruin a whole lot. So absolutely, every office matters. I think that we saw this great awakening of local elections. I've been saying it since the COVID-19 pandemic. When we realized the city council, county commission, and your school board had so much authority over your children, over the education, and over whether you had to wear a mask or get a vaccine, I think there's been a new awakening on how important that is and a new uh, revitalized energy to be involved in some of those, don't you think? I, I absolutely do. And your, your point is so good because the left looks at elections, especially these local ones, as kind of like minor league baseball. They're, they're thinking, okay, who's in our single A, who's in our double A, because they're going to be looking to promote. They're going to be looking for the next major leaguers. And unfortunately, those of us on the right sometimes look at it as like, okay, we'll get someone there to do that job because most of us are productive and have day jobs outside of politics. No, for left, this is everything. And we're seeing it today down in Mississippi. You have a governor's race. And who is running against the Republican incumbent? It is a person from their Public Regulation Commission, which manages energy, who's taken thousands of thousands of dollars from solar companies, solar companies that came before his commission for decisions. A whole lot of nefarious stuff in there, but it happens that quick where your local city councilor is tomorrow's congressman, tomorrow's senator, and it's a big problem. Yeah, it's a really big problem. We have an abortion amendment in uh, the state of Ohio. We have a major governor's race in Kentucky where the Democrats desperate to try and uh, win over some of those Republican voters that went twice for Donald Trump in the past few years. There's some big races going on today, and it's really it's going to be interesting to see what the mindset is. Like I said, I mean, it, it, do you think this is the teaser for 2024, kind of the mindset of the American voter right now? You know, conventional wisdom says that, that that is absolutely the case. But I think about what a year out from the election in 2020 looked like. It was November 2019 and, and coronavirus was, you know, so I don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. <laughs> next year and, and everything that is. But, yes, it is usually an indicator. And 
those things that, you know, uh, we've, I, I, it's, let's just take a look at energy for a second. Joe Biden has done so much to mess up our energy infrastructure in the United States, both the literal infrastructure and the metaphysical infrastructure, that we forget how much terrible things he's done, right? We know he canceled Keystone, but we forget, oh, yeah, he went to Saudi Arabia to beg for more. Oh, yeah, not only did he come after my gas stove, he came after my gas car, my, my gas furnace, and he, he came after everything. He's done so many terrible things. It's kind of like the bully that punches you in the face every day. It's hard to distinguish which punches were the worst, but this is the time to fight back, and your point is exactly the right one. If you have a city council or a county commission that just says to Washington, no, we're not going to do it anymore, and let's be clear, the left does this all the time. I lived in a little, in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and they passed a resolution against the Keystone Pipeline. The city council the pipeline was nowhere near there it didn't have anything to do with them but yet it made a whole bunch of news because it's like oh look at this grassroots effort the left does it all the time who yeah. was in your point is right who was in our local offices matter it, it matters big time let's talk about energy for a minute larry gas prices went below 80 dollars a barrel for uh, for oil today which was uh, i gotta be honest kind of shocking we have a major conflict in the middle east right now potentially iran getting involved in this stuff we're trying to buy from opec where a lot of this drilling's happening in that area why are we seeing a drop in oil prices right now? This doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, two two reasons. One big one, one little one. The one big one is it's seasonal. You know, one of the things that the energy industry does is it responds to demand. And conventional thinking is that there's less demand for gasoline in the fall. And so the prices therefore drop when you have less demand. But there's other parts, too. Joe Biden has allowed Iran to have record amounts of their oil, even though it's sanctioned. He's allowed them to have record amounts of it on the world market. And so when he says that OPEC has more, he has Venezuela to make more, he has Iran to make more, he's asking for more oil everywhere except the United States. And so that is also having an effect. And so anyone who, who follows supply and demand, and, that, and that's pretty much everyone but Joe Biden, understands that his backhanded moves to have our adversaries make more oil could have an impact of lowering prices, especially when seasonal demand goes down, but it doesn't help the American energy industry, and it definitely doesn't help our allies, and it doesn't help our economy. No. Have we done any more to increase production here on the home front and try and, I don't know, like replenish our oil reserves that we depleted under Biden while he was trying to keep gas prices artificially low? No. No, no, absolutely not. And just so folks have per perspective, see, SPR is another one. I mean, these are things that used to be political suicide for, for anyone. I'm going to drain the, FB, uh, the SBR 50%. Well, that's exactly what Joe Biden has done. Really nothing to show for it. He's used it for political purposes. But no, we have an administration who is openly bragging about the least amount of acres that they are letting out for oil and natural gas production and then they are not filling up the spr and so they have left us at a time when the world is as volatile as we've seen in a long time have left us vulnerable to these things and so you're right at the price of oil today but let's keep a close eye on it because, as we know, in the last month has taught us anything, things change quickly. Well, it's concerning to me because as we go into the uh, to the fall and then the winter seasons, I mean, it's been relatively unseasonably warm for going into October and November. But when we hit the wintertime, we're going to see a major drop in temperatures, I think, again. I'm concerned about another series of what we hit just a couple of years ago when we saw gas prices go up to near $600 per cubic foot. And we had a $2,500 natural gas bill for one single month because we weren't prepared for that because it dropped down to negative 20 degrees and we are seeing brown and blackouts across the nation. Are we prepared for another scenario like that if, some, God forbid, something like that happened again this winter? 
Such a great question. The answer is no. We have, you know, when you look at the natural gas that heats uh, more than half of American homes, keeps us alive, literally, during the winter, the natural gas that you will burn today if it was cold or that you will burn at any time was probably extracted about five to six months before. So the natural gas that we're going to have for the winter is what we have right now. It's kind of like the the firewood out out in your shed. You know, there comes a point where you just can't get any more right now because it gets so cold. And so when you look at that, no, we're, we're not prepared. And that is, again, it plays into the Joe Biden eco left playbook because then they get to say, oh, well, you shouldn't use that. You shouldn't have your gas furnace. The high prices prove its volatility and oh, it's extra cold because in January because of climate change. And so it's a win-win-win for them ideologically. And it's nothing but lose-lose-lose for all of us trying to, you know, make our ends meet. At the same time, let's go back to the Middle East for a second. While we're trying to deplete apparently everything we have here and not be prepared for a disaster that's coming up where are we really funding a potential pipeline of oil in the nation of iran at the sums of near 40 billion dollars yeah i think uh, the american people would uh be disgusted but maybe not surprised when they realize what we are funding in (laughs) iran joe biden has allowed iran has when i say record amounts of oil iran has reached three million barrels a day of export keep in mind under donald trump it was well under a billion because he imposed and demanded those sanctions be met and so now when iran has been able to more than triple their production under joe biden what are they doing? Well, they're getting rich. They're getting rich by selling it. Who are their top two customers? Wait for it. China and Venezuela. And so China and Venezuela are more than happy to buy that oil. And and we can't be so sure that some of that Iranian oil isn't being processed in Venezuela. It goes back to us and the deals that Joe Biden has made with Venezuela. And so the things that, I mean, it, there are, I've seen estimates anywhere from 40 to $100 billion that Joe Biden has allowed Iran to have because he has just looked the other way on these oil sanctions. So, yeah, we are we are absolutely funding, sadly, a lot for Iran, and our adversaries get stronger, whereas we just have an inept administration in Washington that's hurting the people that they're supposed to be protecting the most, American citizens. And just to put this into perspective for listeners, we're supporting an ally of Israel during a conflict when extremists are trying to destroy the nation of Israel, which is Hamas and the Palestinians right now, with Iran, who's even made uh, physical attacks onto our U.S. soldiers in the area as well. So we're fighting off Iranians while we're funding an oil pipeline so they can produce more oil, so they can sell it onto the global market to where eventually we end up buying it with stuff that we built in their nation while we're continuously fighting them this is foreign policy under the biden administration and it's absolute nuts we got to take a break here it's larry barron's power of the future is the website go and check it out also his book sabotage we'll continue this when we come back stay this right here the voice of reason with andy hoosier Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Truth, reason, common sense. That's what we do here on the program each and every day. Got a few minutes left here wrapping up the show for a post-Monday celebration. Want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. 
We mentioned it's election day, which you need to get out and vote. And we've talked about some of the big races all over the nation, focusing on some of those local races in your area. Americans for Prosperity is the largest grassroots organization in the entire nation. Four million advocates nationwide, all states across the nation. And they've been working hard helping with some of these local races as well. I've seen them here in my local community. I've been helping them out with our local community and our big race for... Wichita Mayor, other races as well. So they've been awesome, and they've been focusing on a lot of big issues really across the country is one major theme, which is prosperity is possible, because as you know, prosperity is not really happening now under the Democrat-led control in the Biden administration. But labor reform, spending reform, and energy reform are things that we can do and are things that are possible when we get the right individuals in, when we focus on the right issues, and when we handle these issues the appropriate way. Educate yourself and be part of the movement as well. Go to prosperityispossible.com, prosperityispossible.com. See all the reforms, see what we can do on that local front to make those big changes and how this election today, all over the country, wherever you're at, whatever local community that you're in, how this election today in this quote-unquote off-season election can make a major difference on spending, on transparency, on government control, on energy reform, on all these issues. Prosperityispossible.com. You can also go to americansforprosperity.org. Americansforprosperity.org. Great partners with us here on The Voice of Reason. Got a few minutes left here with Larry Behrens. He's with Power of the Future, is the communications director, also author of his book as well. Larry, let's talk about, first off, our alternative energy movement that we're moving down this road for, which is hilarious. And we tease it, which, by the way, my brain hurt thinking about how we're fighting Iran physically in a potential conflict, but yet we're funding their energy production, and then we're going to buy their energy from them while we're still fighting them because we're not producing it on our home front. Because on the home front here, we're focused so much on this alternative energy and trying to boost the electric grid when the electric grid is already struggling to maintain in many places like, oh, I don't know, California and Texas. Like, I don't understand how any of this makes any sense. Well, and and when we talk about, you know, sun panels and windmills, all you need to do is switch Iran from the conversation and just say China. Instead of, you know, allowing Iran to make billions off of their illegal oil market, we're just going to allow Iran or excuse me, China to make billions upon billions from us, from our direct taxpayer dollars so that they can continue to build more coal-fired power plants and just laugh at us as they sell us these products at a huge markup price and they don't really work, right? We've seen California and Texas, as you mentioned, that they don't really uh, show up when we need them the most. And so, yeah, China has positioned itself as the global leader in making these products. It's not going to change for a long time. But yet Joe Biden has a green slush fund now that he's more than happy to continue to funnel billions to China. It, It really is, you know, the last three plus years have really been a boon for America's adversaries in terms of our weakness in leadership and and how much we're helping their bank accounts. It is very unfortunate. Uh, We got just about a minute or so left here, Larry, but I got to ask with the, with the damage that we've done under Joe Biden, let's hope that we see a Republican wave today. Let's hope that we see a Republican wave next year in 2024. How long is it going to take for us to get back on track and be able to see some of the changes actually refill and replenish our energy, become energy independent again, and actually be an exporter. That's I know it's going to take some time, but is that an opportunity for us? 
It, it really is. And I would say the optimistic side is 18 months to two years. And that's assuming you have an administration that gets the heck out of the way and lets us get back to work. But I would say, you know what? The American energy worker, just like a lot of our blue-collar workers, are absolute resilient. They're the best in the world, and they can do it faster than that. But getting us back on track is going to take some time. That's why we start today. We got to start today, and we got to do it uh, on the home front. I know, like again, I'm in the state of Kansas. Um, most of the oil rigs around here are just mom and pop ones to just continue to mull and just go. Are we seeing those decrease around the nation? Are we seeing the small little oil rigs and oil companies uh, start to fall to the wayside because of the regulations that we've seen? Uh, great question, and sadly, yes, we are. When you see these regulations come down, they are meant to go after what are sometimes called those marginal wells and marginal operators. Those are the ones that get hurt by the regulations the most. It's very sad. Larry Barron, the Power of the Future, Communications Director for the organization. Go and check them out. Also, his book, Sabotage, How Joe Biden Surrendered American Energy Independence. Larry, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Such a great honor. we got to get you back on and do it again soon. Thanks so much, Andy. Stay cool. Hey, you as well. Always a pleasure. We'll do that. Make sure to get out and vote, everybody. Election time is coming up here very soon. And we'll see. We'll do the recaps here on the program tomorrow and see how we did. Are we going to see a red wave on the local front across the nation? Boy, wouldn't that just put the fear into the Democrats as they continue to implode on there. And until then, be your own voice reason. Be that catalyst for change. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.